Okay, so um, this week is Vayakel Pikude, the end of the. Uh, it's a double parsha, but it goes through the stories of the Mishkan again. Erecting the Mishkan. Um, the Mishkan. So we discussed the Mishkan a little bit in the previous parshas, and I looked over the notes from last year, and we had Vayakel and Pikude last year. We did a lot of Mishkan ideas. So I thought, let's do something a little bit different this week, and not on the actual parsha of the week, but on the extra parsha of the week. We know that this Shabbos we read an additional parsha, which is the final of the four extra parshas, right? The Dalit parsha is the Arba parsha, so we started reading the Shabbos before the month of Adar. Right? So we have four special parshas that we read: Parshas Shkolem, and then Parshas uh, Zohar, and then Parshas Para and Achodesh. And this uh, coming Shabbos, being uh, Shabbos Mevorchem, where we go into the Chodesh um, Nisan. The first Chaydish of the year, so we read Parshas HaChaydish. So I wanted to discuss a couple of details um, and perhaps uh, some Hasidic thought about these four special Parshas that we have only this, you know, this one period of the year, um, which is really the Purim slash Pesach period. Mm-hmm. Now, the, uh, really there's two that precede Purim and two that precede Pesach. Right? We have Shkolim and Zohar that precede Purim and then Parah and HaChodesh that precede Pesach. You think about it, uh, Purim and Pesach are both a time of a salvation, a geula that happened for Klal Yisrael, but in a very different way. Uh, Purim was only a partial geula. We know the Gemara says, and we know that we don't say Halil on Purim, and there's various reasons given in the Gemara, but one of the reasons is because Akate Avdi Achashverosh Anan, which means we, we, didn't, we weren't really redeemed. I mean, the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the imminent threat was uh, removed. was removed, but they stayed in Golos. They very much stayed in under the exile of the Persians. And even though they built the second Mesemitah shortly thereafter, but that was a, a Shvach Gula because it was all under the domain of the Persians. They got Rishos, they got permission, and one from the Persians to the Greeks. It wasn't a happy time, really, the time in the second Mesemitah. So Purim represents a Gula, a time of revelation, and a time of redemption, that is. But it's called a Gula She'eno Shlema. It wasn't a complete Gula. Pesach, on the other hand, represents a full geula, right? You left Mitzrayim, and ultimately by the Kriyas Yamsuf, Mitzrayim were totally destroyed, and we left and became a free nation. And therefore, Pesach is really the father of all geulas that we have. Even when we talk about the coming of Mashiach, the Pasuk says, Ki Mitzrayim erenu niflois, that the wonders that are promised when Mashiach will come will be like those wonders when we left Mitzrayim. So, so Pesach is called a geula shlema. So really, Purim leads into Pesach. There's the Geula, the lesser level Geula of Purim that sets the stage, so to speak, for the greater Geula of Pesach. So much so, the Gemara says, there's an interesting question in the Gemara in the beginning of Megillah, which is in a year which is a Ibr year, a leap year. This year is not a leap year, but in a year when there's two others, which other do you do Purim in? Second. Second. So, well, you all know the second because that's what we do, but in the Gemara was a discussion. And the Gemara had one Savara to do with the first other because... Do it the first opportunity. Reason makdimah and mitzvahs. Do it on the first opportunity. But the Gemara says no. We do it the second. Why? Mismach geula le geula, so that the geula of Purim should lead into the geula of Pesach. So really, this era that we're in right now, we had Purim, and now we're in the weeks between Purim and Pesach. It's all a time that we go from one level of redemption to a greater level of redemption. Now the the, the first level of geula, which is a, a partial geula, and then we come to the geula shlema, which is represented by Pesach. And these four parshias are lead into them. So the first two liberated the Purim, and the second two bring us to Pesach. Right? Let's look at it more in detail. Right? So actually, let's read through the, the lines that I, that I printed out here. Shkolem v'zachar. 
which is the first is Lefnei Purim. Shehi Geula Sheina Shalema. Purim is a Geula, it's a redemption, but it's an incomplete one. As the Gemara says, Akati Avdi Achashverosh Shanan, we're still considered servants of Achashverosh, which means we're still in exile. From the redemption of Purim, we ascend to the complete redemption of Pesach. As the Gemara says, that the Geula of Purim leads into the Geula of Pesach. So that's so the first two again are Shkala Mazachar before Purim, and then we have Para, Pasha's Para, Nachodesh Lefnei Pesach, which represents Geula Shlema, the complete Geula. Okay, so let's, let's do them one by one. Shkala. When do we read Parsha Shkalem? We read it before Rosh Chodesh Adar. Why? Why before Rosh Chodesh Adar do we read Shkalem? Excellent. So there's, there's two answers. The, the, the first answer is that Rabbi Avram said correctly, which is, Mishum Shebe'echad Ba'adar Mashmiyam Al-Shkalem. That's what the Gemara says in Megillah. That um, the halacha was on the first day of uh, Adar. The, the Sanhedrin, the Bezna, would send out the Shluchim to tell everyone, get your shekel ready, your, your Masis shekel to bring it for the Beis HaMikdash for the Karbanos, which had to be collected before Rosh Chodesh Nisan. So that's reason number one. But there's another reason that actually connects Shkola more directly with Purim. And that is also from the Gemara Megillah, which says that when Haman comes to Achashverosh in the Megillah and he says, I want to give you 10,000 shekels um, for payment for you to, to, uh, to give that decree to destroy the Jewish people, the heavenly voice says, the Jews gave their machzis a shekel way before you with your shekel. They're covered. In other words, that the mitzvah of Shkalim preempted the decree of Haman. And that's what the Gemara says. So, so the, the concept of Shkalim is also something that precedes Purim and connected to Purim. As the Gemara says, that it was the shkalim that the Jewish people gave that was the schus that was able to override those shkalim that Haman wanted to use against them. So that shkalim is the first step, it's the schus that leads into the victory of Purim. So that's number one. Then we come to the Pasha of Zachar. And why do we read Pasha of Zachar right before Purim? Because, of course, Purim is Haman. Haman comes from Amalek. But Haman Ho'agogi comes from Agag, who is the king of Amalek. And so to use the, the words that are brought, that are brought in this forum is that it's lahaktim zechira ta'asiyah. In other words, on Parshat Zachor, we remember to destroy Amalek. And on Purim, we destroyed Amalek. So we have the remembering and then the actual destruction. Right, it's a pasuk in the Megillah at the end of the Megillah. Hayamim ha'ilan nizkarim v'nasim. We remember and then we do. So hayamim ha'ilan nizkarim v'nasim. Nizkarim to get rid of Hamalek. Right. We remember that zochar es asher asolach Hamalek, and then nasim on Purim we actually destroyed Hamalek. So if you think about it, think about the three steps. Shkalim is the schus that we had to destroy Hamalek. Zochar is remembering the mitzvah to destroy him, and Purim is when we destroyed him. And that's how those three come one after the other. Shkalim the zechus, zacher is the zechira, and on Purim is the actual mechia of the Amalek, and that comes from the Gemara in Yerushalmi, that the, that the zechira of Parsha Zachar is before the Asiyah of Purim. And that, therefore, so that's part one as far as the Seder. And that's we have it on the last line. Umuvenes a Seder, we understand now the Seder, the order. Shkalim is the zchus, is the merit, yeah. through which we're going to get to the Geula of Purim. Zachar is remembering, the Torah gives us the mitzvah to remember, and, and therefore the Koach to destroy. And on Purim is the actual destruction of Amalek. What's Geula We understand. Now we understand the order, the order of all three. So this is part one. 
Part one is the first two parshias, how they lead in to the Yom Purim. The merit, the remembering, and the doing of the destruction of Amalek. All of this brings us to the nace of Purim, which was a tremendous nace, but as we said, yet incomplete in its level of redemption. Now, now let's move to part two. Part two is the second segment, which is Parshas Para, Parshas Achodesh, leading into Pesach. Right? We're, we're on to the second part of the month. So, here's another interesting thing. The Gemara says, and again, a lot of this is based on the Gemara Tamil Yerushalmi. The Gemara says that really we should have read Parshas Achodesh before Parshas Para. Now, we all know, we did last Shabbos, we read Parshas Para about the Parah Duma, we read Hefer. And this coming Shabbos, we read Pasha Zachodesh, which is Zachodesh Zalachem Rosh Chodeshim, the Mitzvah of Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Says the Gemara that really we should have read first Zachodesh and then Parah. Opposite of what we do. Why, why should we have done that? Why would that make more sense? The Gemara says Pasha. When did they actually um, uh, make the first Parah Aduma? When was the first Parah Aduma actually done? The, the, the killing of the, uh, the, uh, the red heifer and the, um, the Shkita and the burning it and the, all that. When was it made? It was made on Bez Nisan, the second day of Nisan. Let's remember, the Jewish people kind of Mitzrayim in the beginning, you know, on Pesach, obviously. It's one year later, minus two weeks, mm-hmm. when the Mishkan is erected. Right? Because that whole year was a busy year. Because <laughs> the, I mean, that was a year. The first they get to the Matan Torah, then there's 40 days later, then there's the Chet Egel. Then Moshe Rabbeinu goes up the mountain for 40 days to beg forgiveness, comes back down, goes back up for another 40 days, comes down on Yom Kippur. Right? This is the first year of our being as a nation. After Yom Kippur, he starts teaching them the halachas. That's when they start putting together the materials for the Mishkan. And ultimately, the Mishkan is going to be fully erected on, on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Right? So it's one year minus two weeks since Yitzhak Mitzrayim. Right? Well, that's a, Shurim is best for that. So, anyways... <laughs> I did it for a living. Anyway, so, so it's one year minus two weeks, and the Mishkan is erected. The next day, they make the Paraduma on Bez Nisan, the second day of Nisan. Why did they do it then? Because you couldn't do a Paraduma until you have a Mishkan. In order to do a Mishkan, in order to do a Paraduma, the Pasuk says, V'hiza nocha chabayis, you have to spray the blood towards the Mishkan. Until you have an operational Mishkan, you can't do a Paraduma. So the fact that Gemara says is that the first Parah Duma was done on the second day of Nisan. And the Mishkan wasn't built then in Tumor or anything? I'm sorry, no. There was no Tumor? Oh, 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 you're saying that people may have been telling me when they built the Mishkan. Mm. It's an interesting question. I don't have an answer to that question. It's an interesting right. Shaila. But the, I guess it was before the time of a Parah Duma, so maybe this was a non-issue. Yeah, but, but it's an interesting story, interesting Shaila. Stuff for the Kahal doesn't become Tumor. You only get from Kahal. Are you talking about this kind of hutra tumat chuyi betzibur or tumat hutra betzibur? Very well, tumat chuyi betzibur. Right, right. Amos, Amos, Gemara. Well, you learn from Hanukkah as we learn from from Pesach. Excellent. Right. Good question. Good answer. Be that as it may, the fact is the Gemara says that the first part of the was made on Beis Nissan. Rosh Chodesh Nissan was a day before. Says the Gemara in Yerushalmi that l'chayra seemingly when we when we set up our four parshias. We should have first had Hachodesh Adalachem, which is the concept of Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh Nisan, and then Parah, which came a day later, the second day of Nisan. That's the Kasha of the Yerushalmi. Says the Yerushalmi, but being that Parah is Taharasan Shal Yisrael, the purification of the Jewish people, that has to precede Pasha Sachodesh. 
That's what it says. That parshas Yisrael. It brings the tahara for the Jewish people. So therefore, so therefore, para precedes parshas hachodesh. That's what the Yerushalmi explains. Now, although it says that, that's not that explanatory. So, no, so what? I mean, so so if it's harasan shal Yisrael, why does that have to be before Rosh Chodesh? If anything, we have to be purified before Pesach. Because yeah. Pesach, we bring the carbon Pesach and whatever. But why before Rosh Chodesh, before Pasha's Achodesh, do we have to read Pasha's Para? Again, so the Yerushalmi says a statement, somewhat, somewhat of a, uh, I don't know, a cryptic statement, that really time-wise, you know, logically, Pasha's Hapara should be after Pasha's Chodesh because it was the second day. But it's the Torah of the Jewish people, so that precedes Pasha's Achodesh. So it's not 100% clear what is the meaning of that. Why? Because it's Tahara. Does it precede Rosh Chodesh? Um, and that's what the question is over here. If I'll read from the paper here. Seemingly, we would have to proceed and do first Chodesh. I'm sorry, there's a mistake here. We would think it should have been first Para, then Chodesh. Right? Sorry. Um, We'll blame the typist. I'm not going to say who that is. Mm-hmm. Right? Because uh, as we said, Chodesh is Echad, is the first, and Parah is the second. Because Parah is the, it talks about the purity of Klal Yisrael, therefore that is preceded. The question is, Why is that important? Karben Pesach is two weeks later. So what, what's the Pshat? Why Taket do we need Tara before Rosh Chodesh? That's the Shaila. So I'm giving an answer that's based on Hasidus Shesvarim. Um, there might be another Pshat in the Yerushalmi, I don't know. But a, an answer goes the following, which is, what does Rosh Chodesh really mean? And especially Rosh Chodesh Nisam. Right? The word Chodesh means, the actual literal word of it means newness. Because what becomes new on Rosh Chodesh? The moon, right? Every month, the new, there's a new moon. And that is the Molad HaLavana, the birth of the new moon. And that's the Ischatshus of the Levana. We know that we as a Jewish people have a very special relationship, a connection with the moon. Right? Our, our calendar is a lunar calendar. We are Moinin Levana, all of our Yamim Toivim, everything is based on the moon. And it says we're Doimin Levana. In many ways, we're compared to the moon. Just like the moon is, is a recipient and reflects the light of the sun. So Klal Yisrael is like that moon that receives and reflects the light of the Rebbeinu Shalalim into this world. Morning uh, we count the days. Okay. Morning means calendar. we count, right? Our calendar, calendar is towards the moon. And Doimin, we, we have a comparison to the moon. And therefore, when we talk about the Chidush HaLovana, we actually say it in the Chidush HaLovana, we say, Shehem Asidin L'Hishchadesh Kamosa. That just like the Lovana, just like the moon, has that Hishchadshah, that newness, we too will have that level of renewal. Which renewal are we talking about by Kiddush Lovana? We're talking about the Geula, when there will be the redemption, and we will also be renewed, re- renewed the strength and renewed relationship and, and connection to Hashem. When is the power of Geula strongest in the world? Rosh, uh, Nisan, the month of Nisan. The month of Nisan is the, is the Chodesh, Benisan Nigalu, the Gemara says, I mean the Chumash says, that we were redeemed in the month of Nisan, but the Gemara says, it's Rabbi Yeshua and the Gemara Masechet Rosh Hashanah, Benisan Nigalu, U Benisan Asidin Lihigoel. We were redeemed the first time around in Nisan, and Nisan is the month that has the power of Geula. That's why it says, and the time Nisan we don't say Tachnon, 
The Hatari Nisan is like a Yomtev. It says, according to the Svar Makdoshim, the Hatari Nisan has the Kedusha of Rosh Chodesh. It's a tremendous, that the whole Hachodesh Hazel Achem Rosh Chodeshim, they say, this whole month is like Rosh Chodesh. Hachodesh Hazel Achem Rosh Chodeshim, the whole month has the Kedusha of Rosh Chodesh. We don't say Tachnun. Uh, there's many halachas, you know, there's no, no fasting, no Avelos, the month of Nisan. So that's incorrect. We'll take Mashiach any day he comes. No, but, but there are certain times that are most appropriate, most apropos, yeah. that the Koyach is the greatest for him to come. And that's the Gemara says. There's, the truth is, there's two Shittas in the Gemara. Yes. Rebbe Yezra says that the most apropos time for Mashiach is Tishrei. But Rabbi Yeshua says Nisan. And especially around the month of Nisan, we're passing with Rabbi Yeshua. And there's a chakal of Bechol Yom Shiyah, but Mashiach could really come today. 100%. No question. There's no question Mashiach come today, even though it's not Nisan or Tishrei. And yet, the time that's most befitting, most appropriate, most befitting, most apropos, is, according to Gemara Rabbi Yeshua, is the Chaydesh of Nisan. The Nisan. So Nisan represents Geula. Rish Chaydesh Nisan. Is that his chadshus, right? When we come to a state of 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 a new um, of a new and renewal and ready for geula, that's what that's what nisan is. Nisan is the chaydesh hagula. Says the svarim, that's the pshat of the Yerushalmi that you have to do parshas para first. In other words, taras yisrael, we have to internally purify ourselves to be ready to go into the month of nisan. Because if Nisan represents the power of Geula, of redemption, on a personal level, on a collective net level, Nisan is that power of Geula. So therefore, in order to be Zohar to Geula, what do we have to do? Cleanse ourselves. Taharasan shal Yisrael. Every person, to the best of their ability, has to be metahir themselves, purify themselves before Nisan, in order to go to Achaydesh Hazelachem, Rosh Chadashim. And that's what it says over here in the third paragraph, that Chaydesh Pirusha Hishadshus Halavana, Chodesh, the month, represents the renewal of the moon. Asher Yisrael, Moinin we count our days to the Levana. Doimin we carry comparisons to the moon. The Chodesh Nisan, Chodesh HaGeula, the month of Nisan, which is the month of redemption. As the Gemara says, B'Nisan Nigelu, B'Nisan Asidun Le'Egoyel, we were redeemed in Nisan and will be redeemed again in Nisan. So Moire, so this month shows on Hishad Shus Shalagula, the renewal of redemption. Haba al Yidetara Mikal Minetuma, which comes through our own personal purifying ourselves from any types of impurities. And Bechlalus, in general, this is the concept of tshuva. What is tshuva? Tshuva is purification, where a person purifies themselves from imperfections. And as the Ramam says, tshuva mevia li geula. Tshuva is the keli, is the vessel that brings geula. And this, this might be a pshat in that Yerushalmi. That really, technically, you should, we should first have the par, you know, first talk about the paraduma, then chodesh. But no, Chazal said first do paraduma, first do the concepts of tshuva, of 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 of, of tar, of purity, in order to be zayicha to chodesh, shachodesh alechem, to the chodesh of geula. So that's why that paragraph said be'emus chayitzrichem lahakim para lachodesh, right? Right, that was a mistake there. Right, that was a typo. Right, right. Okay, take that one step further. If you think about it, you'll see the following. He says, we have here Parshas Parah, Parshas para, then Parshas Achodesh, which refers to Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Then you have Bez Nisan. What happened on Bez Nisan? The actual Paraduma. And then you have Pesach, which is the actual Geula. So if you think about it, you have, first we did, we read the Parsha of Parah, which is the work, our own work on, on internal Tahara. 
in order to come to Rosh Chodesh Nisan, which is the opener of the month of Geula. Then we have the actual Paraduma on Beis Nisan, and then we have the actual Geula on Pesach. So there's the two steps in sort of potential and the two steps in, in actuality. Am I, being, am I being clear? If you think about it, there's really four steps here. There's Parshas, the first time we read Parshas Apara, that's for every person to do their avoda of internal paraduma, internal purification, in order to bring us to Rosh Chodesh Nisan, which is, opens up the potential of the month of Geula. And then the next day we have the actual paraduma, and then we have the actual Geula, which is on Pesach. Which, which basically means that in our avoda, we always, we, always we always try to be ahead of the game. Mashiach didn't come yet, right? We didn't have the law of the actual paraduma. So we try to do as much as we can. We'll say the parsha's para, we'll get ready, we'll prepare ourselves. We'll do tshuva in order to get ourselves to the point where Bezir Hashem Bekorov will have an actual paraduma, the actual gula, which plays itself out through the month of Nisan. And that's how you have para and achodesh. So to summarize, we went through here the four steps, right? We started off from parsha Skolin, right, which was the schus that led to the story of Purim. We have Zechira, Zachar, which was remembering what we have to do on Purim. And we had Purim. All that was part one. That was the first level of Gula that was incomplete. Part two is already Paraduma, which is internal cleansing, which is Tshuva, leading to Parshas HaChodesh, which is the concept of Geula. And then in actuality, Beis Nisan and Pesach, which is the actual Paraduma and the actual Geula yeah. that will come with Bezra Hashem. Just love a couple minutes. Okay, let's hop around and drop more. One, one last uh, point about these four parshias. Are there breaks between them? Do we make breaks between the parshias? Yes. So, it, everything depends on the calendar. Like, for example, this year, there was a break between Shkalim and Zohar. Right? This year, there was between Shkalim and Zohar. But the next three are successive. What do you call it? Duke, what's that? Rishi Thabos? Oh, yeah, yeah. There is, there is a simon, which I don't remember by heart. But, exactly, exactly. So, but here's the here's the claw. The claw is there can be there can be a break between the first and the second. There can and there was this year. There can be a break between the second and the third. In other words, between Zachar and Parah, there can. Though this year there is. That's a calendar question. Sometimes it's the, yeah. between the first and second. Sometimes second and third. Sometimes even I think both. It could be a break between the first and the second and the second. And the third. But there can be a break between the third and the fourth. The third and fourth are always, you know, Parah and Achodesh are always yeah. one after the other. And that, the Gemara says very clearly, there's not going to be a break, even though the Yerushalmi is a machlekes, but the fact is that's the halacha. And it's, there's an interesting simon. It says, and that's after the, uh, the, the, that over here, Ein mafsikin bein parshas parah la parshas achodesh, v'simonich bein kot shlishi l'revi lo yishta. And that's from the time of Yerushalmi. Which is, interestingly, the Gemara is comparing the four parshias to the four kosos of Pesach. And just like the four kosos of Pesach, between the first kos and the second, you can take a drink. Between the second and the third, you definitely can take a lot of drinks. But between the third and the fourth, nothing. Says the Gemara, just like when it comes to the Arba kosos and Pesach. Between the third and the fourth, there's no drinking. Similarly, when it comes to the four parshias, between the first and the second, you could, there could be a half, six, second, or third, there could be, but not the third and the fourth. That's what the Gemara says. And it's, again, one of those cryptic Gemaras. Like, why? And what's the connection? Like, it's, like, very extremely random, just because here there happens to be four, and here there happens to be four, and here between the third and the fourth, you can't. And what, what's, what's going on? There's got to be a deeper meaning to what's going on over here. So, very, very quickly... Parah, as we said before, is the concept of tshuva, 
right? Cleanliness, purification, tshuva, right? Hachodesh is redemption. So number one is between, when we do tshuva properly, we immediately have redemption. Every person personally, when a person does tshuva, Hashem forgives them and cleanses them. Collectively, when Klal Yisrael does tshuva, there's no hefzik, comes a gugul hashleim. That's on one level. Another explanation goes the following. And that is that parshas, para represents tshuva. That means a person was sinful or whatever, did, was imperfect, and has to do tshuva. Hachodesh represents like tzaddikim. Because when, when we got that first mitzvah, we were all like gerim, right? The, when we got that first mitzvah in Mitzrayim, that's when we became Jewish. What? The first mitzvah, Klal Yisrael is gerim. We're pu- perfect, beautiful people, right? A, a ger never had a chance to do anything wrong. Should have quit more we're <laughs> so, so here we have, everyone has their avodah. A person who's imperfect, right, present company excluded. But a person who has to do tshuva, that's one type of avodah. A tzaddik, a perfect person, also has an avodah. Also has to do an avoda. In fact, it's written that a tzaddik also has to do the avoda of tshuva, but not the same type of tshuva like for sins. A tzaddik doesn't do sins, but tshuva means to return ever closer to Hashem. Even a person who doesn't sin at all can always come to a higher madrega, a higher connection to Hashem. And both avodas are both extremely important to Hashem, equally important to Hashem. It's not like Hashem needs this avoda more than that avoda, or wants one, or loves more than the other. Every person, no matter if the person is a person who has to perfect themselves through a very simple, basic tshuva, a person who has to do a much higher level of tshuva, a person who's a tzaddik and just has to connect on a higher level, all of them are to Hashem equal, and together they fulfill Hashem's mission of us in this world. And that's the remez that both of these parties come together, para and achodesh. Whether one's avodah is like the avodah of a person who has that sinful behavior, they have to do tshuva. Whether the avodah is the avodah of a tzaddik, just closer and closer to Hashem. Or even in our own avodah, there's parts of us, and there are days and moments that our avodah is more like the person who has to do tshuva for imperfections. And there's things that we're, we're good at and we're doing well, we just have to do better at. These two avodas come together, parshas para and parshas achodesh, and without a hefsek between them, together they cause Hashem's nachas and Hashem's appreci- uh, um, fulfill that mission that Hashem has for us, para and achodesh together. Very quickly, what does that have to do with the, with the kosas, the four kosas of the Seder? And why is it that the third and the fourth are, are connected in that way? So it's written that the, the Seder that we have, as we know, we have the first two kosas and the last two kosas. It's written in many form that the first two kosas of the Seder primarily were praising and thanking Hashem for the Geula of Mitzrayim, the Geula that was. The last two kosas, we were talking about the Nishmas and the various Shira of Mitzrayim, we're talking more about the Geula that will be. So the first two kosas are about the past and the final two kosas are about the Geula that will be. And within them alone, the third coast is the one we bench on. And benching is referring to the Seuda that Hashem will make when Mashiach will come. Right? They have the whole Gemara, talks about David Amalek will say the benching, like Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov, the Seuda of Sharabar, Lev Yasan, that's the benching. That's the coast Shlishi. The coast Revi, we don't eat anything by the Seder. It's just saying Shira V'sishvachas to Hashem, that refers to Olam Haba, when it will be, it says, In Bo Achila V'shtiya, won't be eating and drinking. Tzadikim Yoshim V'nen in Miziv will just be there and, and to benefit. And, 
I'm sorry? Right, that's why the fourth one is no eating, and that's why those three, those last two come together. We're both seeing the Tishbach is about Mashiach will come, the Seuda of Mashiach, the higher level, the, the Gulim of Mashiach. All of this is the spirit of Geula that we usher in in this month of Nisan. So, really, this, this entire month that we're starting from Purim and the parties before Purim and going to Pesach, it's all about redemption, internal redemption, collective redemption, the Gula with Mashiach, Bezer Hashem. Which means I to this Chayyim Shmisan and even before that. Yes, 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 y